Hello again, friends, and welcome to My Back 40 and the My Back 40 podcast. How's everybody keeping? Well, I trust. I hope everyone is, like I say every week, man, get out there, get some exercise, ride a bike, go for a walk, get some fresh air, look at the sky, listen to the birds. Um, Yeah, get out there and bathe in Mother Nature because uh, it's good for our mental health. And I think it's important that we all get out and keep keep our hearts beating, keep the blood pumping. Uh, moving water don't freeze, as an elderly man told me once. And actually, I want to tell that story. So back in the day, back in the 90s, I worked uh, at Whistler, Whistler Mountain. This was pre-merger, uh, and I worked for a shop called McConkie's. It was in the basement of the Carlton Lodge. And uh, man, it takes me back to some memories. But um, I was a rental tech there, and um, this elderly man came in, and he filled out a rental form. And he uh, brought it over to me, and I was doing the snowboards that day. And uh, I looked at his form and I looked at him and, you know, he looked like an in shape kind of guy, but uh, I looked at his age and um, he was like in his seventies. He was like 71 or 73. And uh, I know in the ski world, I can't remember, is it over 50? I can't remember when, when you were setting up bindings, you would basically over 50, you would uh, knock a den off the binding settings because, you know, it was, it was, you know, assumed that older people had more brittle bones. And so you'd, you'd tune the dens down based on age so when uh, a 70 year old comes in and wants to rent a hard boot snowboard setup, I was, you know, I was concerned <laughs> for the guy because, you know, like I said, I'm not trying to be judgy, but the boards we were renting at the time were, I can't remember the models. Um, I can't remember, but they were a uh, super gnarly, uh, offset side cut, hard boot setups, skinny, skinny waists, you know, deep side cut. And I said, man, um, have you done this before? Because, you know, these are pretty, these are pretty hard setups. And, uh, you know, I just want to make sure that, you know, you know what to expect. And he's like, Oh yeah, yeah. I get out there all the time. And, you know, I rent a board whenever I'm kind of in a resort and yeah, I just want to, I want to snowboard here. And, and, uh, and, and I said, wow, I'm really, you know what? I just want to say respectfully, I, you know, that's great. You're so inspirational. Like if I'm still snowboarding when I'm 70, I'm going to be, I'm going to be pretty pumped about that. And he said, well, you know what, man, you got to keep moving because moving water don't freeze. And ever since I heard that, I, uh, it just rings around in my head all the time. And maybe that's what drives me, you know, just to keep active and, you know, keep your immune system healthy and try to keep your strength up and try to keep your heart healthy and try to eat well. And just, yeah, it's, it was inspirational at the time. So I um, just wanted to share that story. So along that same vein, I guess, you know, uh, training has kind of taken a slip for me, man. Not that I was a super heavy trainer, but I always wanted to get out at least, you know, a handful of days a week to, um, to get the wiggles out. But, uh, you know, ever since the BC Epic was canceled, I've kind of lost my mojo a little bit, but, um, um, you know, I'm getting out I'm, I'm still getting out, but uh, I need to definitely stack on some more distance, especially if the uh, AR 700 still runs. And, um, uh, I'm hoping to talk to Jonathan Hayward at some point about that in the future. Um, but, uh, if you have a training program and you want a consultation, if you want to check to see if you're on the right track, I would suggest you reach out to cycling 101 and you can use a promo code 101 VIP 20 to save 20% off that consultation. So I would encourage you to do that. If, uh, if you're not really getting the results that you're expecting and, uh, you want to double check what you're up to, you can uh, reach out to them and they will advise you. Don't forget promo code. 101 VIP 20. Um, and that also takes me into bike fit. And you know what, instead of me talking for the next couple of minutes, why don't you listen to Ryan talk about bike fit? Hey, my back 40 podcast listeners. This is Ryan from cycling 101. Uh, don't adjust your volume. That is water running in the background sitting here beside a beautiful Creek in Canmore, Alberta. 
Wanted to uh, give a quick short today, uh, just a, a, a little tidbit for those of you who have uh, a new bike in your possession, maybe uh, have one on order, maybe uh, have uh, aspirations to buy a new bike uh, this spring or summer. Uh, one of the things I wanted to share with you was uh, getting used to that new bike and taking your time uh, out on the trail for some casual rides before you go out and really start uh, carving up the dirt is, uh, is kind of an essential thing. Uh, everything from seat position, handlebar position, handlebar width, the location of the controls like the brake levers and shifters can be in significantly different places than uh, your previous bike. So it takes a little bit of time for all of that stuff to kind of start imprinting positively uh, with, with your body and developing that muscle memory. Uh, it can definitely help prevent you from laying that bike down a little bit prematurely. I'd also recommend if you uh, have never had a, a professional bike fitting or on-trail bike fit done for a mountain bike, a road bike, or a bike packing bike done, I uh, highly recommend finding uh, a certified professional who can provide you with that service. It can definitely uh, make your ride that much more enjoyable right from the get-go. As uh, Steve has mentioned in the past, Cycling 101 does offer those services and uh, we do have the uh, VIP20 promo code to get yourself 20% off if you're so inclined. Uh, that's all for today. Keep the rubber side down and hope to see you soon out on the trails. Bye-bye. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, good advice. Um, man, if I rode to that place where that's, that creek was running and I just sat there for 10 minutes, I'd probably fall asleep. <laughs> that's so relaxing. The white noise, man. It's so nice. Um, I had to actually tune that down a little bit on the original recording. It was just, it sounded like um, old school TV static. Like, <laughs> like when you fell asleep in front of the tv remember you know when you we used to have actual tv and we didn't stream everything anyway um yeah great advice from ryan i wanted to take a minute here just to to thank some supporters uh starting with with cycling 101 and ryan draper um he's basically supported me from the get-go he's such a huge supporter and fan of the bike pack canada podcast and uh he's helped me out a lot on this platform by uh, giving me great advice and um, just just being a great supporter. So I wanted to thank you, Ryan Draper at Cycling 101, for your support. I also want to thank Rebound Cycle. You guys, uh, it's it's so great to be an ambassador for you guys. Um, I'm not sure if I'm, hopefully I'm pulling my weight. I'm, I'm <laughs> trying to trying to really promote you guys. And um, yeah, I just wanted to thank you for supporting me. And, uh, you know, you helped me out this winter. And, um, you know, when times are tight, it's nice to have uh, people backing you. I also wanted to let you know that I got some supporters. I've got a, I got a, a couple patrons on Patreon, and uh, I got a, a someone who supported me on PayPal. And um, I just wanted to thank you guys and girls very, very much. It's uh, much appreciated. Um, every little bit helps. It helps me grow this little platform and and uh, connect the community. So I wanted to thank um, uh, Joanne Maurice. Um, she's always been a great fan. She's the the queen of the voice memo. So I wanted to thank you very much. And uh, Eric Ross recently donated as well. And I wanted to thank you, good friend, um, bike packer, single speeder, uh, lives in Cranbrook. Joanne's uh, lives in Calgary. Um, forgot to mention that. And uh, yeah, so just, I really wanted to thank you guys. And uh, if you wanted to support My Back 40 and uh, the My Back 40 podcast, you can do so. 
you can head on over to myback40.org slash support, have a read, uh, and then yeah, just, uh, whatever you can, you know, there's, there's more ways to support the myback 40 podcast. Uh, you can, uh, subscribe, uh, rate, uh, you can share it and you can review it. Um, that's awesome too. And that helps as well. So, um, on whatever platform you're listening on, um, give me a five star rating and write a review and share it with your friends. And we can uh, we can grow together. And um, I'm looking forward to bringing you more awesome content into the future. So stay tuned. Let's get this thing started. Uh, Katrina Rosen, um, my good friend Katrina, lives in Canmore, Alberta. Um, she was my first podcast, my first guest when I uh, started doing the Bike Pack Canada podcast. Um, I kind of considered that low hanging fruit. Uh, for me personally, because uh, we have a really good rapport and we're very comfortable uh, with one another. Um, so she was my kind of uh, my, my first, she popped my podcast cherry, if you will. And uh, I wanted to talk to her again, because a lot's happened since then. And we took some time uh, to talk about her book with you by bike, one couple's life changing journey around the world. We talk about that. We talk about um, her athletic background. Of course, we have to talk about COVID a little bit. And then uh, we talk about a life balance with, uh, you know, balancing athletics with your family and uh, involving your kids. And she's always been um, uh, Mike Zion and, and Katrina. I'm sure a lot of you already know has toured all over the place are very active family. Uh, they went on a massive, uh, bike tour in Europe. Um, even though, uh, Katrina was kind of suffering from a leg injury. We talk about her leg injury. We, we go all over the place. So, and those of you who, who don't know Katrina Rosen are really going to get to know her in this podcast. So without further delay, I bring you Katrina Rosen. Good morning. Hey, Steve. <laughs> Having coffee with Katrina Rosen. <laughs> what are you drinking? Excellent. What are you drinking today? Oh, dark roast coffee. <laughs> dark roast coffee. I as well. Absolutely. But since we've been at home so much, my fancy uh, coffee maker has been has been acting up. It's oh, making no. me quite. It's making me quite nervous. But I, I love that thing. <laughs> what was it not? What's it not doing? Grinding. <laughs> really? You, yeah, just some days. So we did work on it, and it seems to be okay uh, today, which is great. You might need to put new burrs in that thing. <laughs> well, you've had that a long time, right? Yeah, yeah. Especially with the amount of coffee I like to drink. It'd probably be pretty expensive, but there's a set of burrs in there. You know, like a burr. It's a burr grinder, but you might need to replace the burrs if you're getting a shitty grind. You might have. We to just need all this to end, and you can come and visit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's been pretty crazy. Um, as a as a mom, I've talked about um, Chris a little bit on a couple podcasts, but it's like. Pretty amazing, man. The adjustment that she's had to make and the extra tasks that she's had to pick up on, like education and, uh, well, primarily just educating the kids, right? And then trying to educate, you know, trying to deal with a kid who's in grade one and keep them uh, engaged. But then also, you know, our daughter Sloan's she's not quite in kindergarten yet. And then so she's trying to get involved and it's like this balancing hmm. act of trying to, trying to, basically instruct two kids of different abilities have, have you had the, a hard time with the adjustment i don't know if i want to use hard but it's it's certainly not easy it's and what i have really come to understand and respect is that everybody's situation is completely different yeah. and some people for some people it's their busiest time at work you know and then for others it's they're 
perhaps lonely because they're totally alone and um and others with with a child it's it's all consuming mm. you know when i look um, at other uh, and read upon others on social media perhaps without the without young kids and um they're making all these you know they have so many to-do lists and they're le- learning new skills and they're doing so much and, and that's pretty impossible with uh my little dude at home he's very he's very busy but we're having we're having a lot of fun together i i would say um this week was really great actually um the the week prior he he was a bit sensitive and it's been it it was certainly not an easy week but this week was great we've let go of a lot of what I kind of wanted from expectations of every day. We really let that go. And, and right now we're just playing. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I think what we're getting from the teachers is just like, um, um, in B we're in, you're in Alberta, obviously we're, we're in, in BC, but, uh, what we're getting from our teachers is like kind of getting weekly curriculums and then links to, um, resources and whatnot. And, uh, yeah, she's kind of stressed it as well. She's like, just, it's only grade one, you know, just, <laughs> just chill. Just make sure you do some reading every day, which is, we've got that nailed. We read all the time and then, um, um, be active. And we ended up just, you know, money's tight right now, obviously, cause Chris kind of isn't working, but we dropped, we dropped the, uh, sorry, we pulled the trigger on a trampoline. We got like a 12 foot trampoline. Oh, wow. That is amazing like that's been the most amazing <laughs> yard accessory we don't have a huge front yard it's the only flat part of our yard is our front but they get up in the morning and like seven in the morning can we go bounce it's like well it's <laughs> it's two degrees and it's soaking wet but yeah if you want to go and bounce. but yeah so like you know keep them reading try to do some math uh you know um try to be active you know get outside and find bugs and you know just keeping it pretty cash and i've noticed you guys I've kind of been doing that as well and just trying to be active and be engaged outside. I think it's important. Yeah, we live, um, we're attached to a school field now. So we uh, are playing soccer hours for hours every single day because that's his point of obsession right now. And his obsession with soccer is so strong, actually, that I've set up the bike now. And so I can bike him to different soccer fields. We don't have that many soccer fields. So sometimes I have to kind of make up that it's going to be a soccer field and just because I know it's like a big open field that we could ride to. Um, but we have the bike set up and every time we go for a ride, it has to still carry soccer cleats and two balls and all the fishing gear. And, and, and then we can get out of the house for a bit of an adventure. Oh, that's awesome. And yeah. So you, you, your family just moved house. We did. Yeah. Yes. How did that go? Uh, well, I'd probably say that wasn't easy either, <laughs> but actually I don't mind in the sense of moving house. It was just hard financially to get it all sorted. It seemed in the end, but, um, yeah, but now we're in a, a fairly, um, like a, a separated, a, a separated house. Um, we love living in a community home. So we rent out rooms, um, in our house. Um, my son is now seven and this is the first time he's, um, he's actually get, has his own room in this house as opposed to sharing, with Mike and I, awesome. um, because our last place was small, we rented out two rooms, and this place is a little larger. And we currently have two roommates at the moment, and we'll probably and we'll we'll have more in the future, and just kind of have this little community home. But the um, and we have a workshop attached to this place um, for my husband's upholstery business. Yeah, Bow Bo Valley Upholstery. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, which yeah. is cool. Very cool that uh, that he started that up or you guys started that up. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah, it's been going really well. He started, we started this business um, six years ago and it was just growing to the point where we needed, uh, we needed more space. So Awesome. Now yeah. you have a big double car garage to fill up with tools and, and stuff, right? Yeah, but we can't even call it the garage. It's kind of beyond that. Now, yeah. so and with the price of uh, real estate in Camor, it's it's earned its own name of the workshop. <laughs> yeah, 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 no doubt, no doubt. Well, that's awesome. Congratulations <laughs> on the move. That's fantastic. Thank you. <laughs> so, people, uh, you you and I uh, first chatted. <clears throat> uh, you were my first guest on the Bike Pack Canada podcast when I started that, and uh, <laughs> and uh, very memorable. I remember coming back uh to town from that chat we chatted in uh, at sarah hornby's house and i was so pumped i couldn't even get to sleep i was so i was vibrating i was so excited about just the the idea of doing a podcast and here we are doing it again and it's so awesome so thanks for taking the time to to chat with me again thank you i think the value that you bring to this community of people exploring and getting outside is wonderful and i'm honored to be a part of it Thank oh, you. Thanks. Oh, thanks. Um, and it's my pleasure. And, um, but a lot's changed. A lot, a lot of things have happened in the last, what is it? Probably 18 months at the time. Were you just kind of reaching out to publishers about your book or were you kind of, um, uh, in the mix at that time? And the book no, we're talking uh, about is with you by bike. And when we spoke, actually, I think my book had already been accepted Okay. Uh, by the publisher. So you're going through and, the editing process and yeah. So I was still in the editing, um, I was still in the editing and anticipation <laughs> process of having it, having it released. Um, so now coming up the other side, when you look back at uh, that whole journey, um, you're happy with the results? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So my book, um, With You Bike Bike, came out um, in the fall. So it's been um, six months. Uh, now it's been <clears throat> really... I think beyond my expectations actually on how it was received. And um, I think as a writer and especially one wanting to have something published, it's just such a dream that people will read your words and perhaps connect to them. And it was really important to me that I write a book that might impact somebody and help, you know, help them in whatever's happening in their lives or perhaps not help them, but, you know, spark a dream or, uh, spark a change and it's yeah it's been incredible that uh that seems to be seems to be happening so do you know do you know how many uh issues you've sold or how many publications you've sold how many books you've sold? i don't actually uh i i don't i don't follow that i think that would be <laughs> uh i think <laughs> if i started to look like look at that it would get into the competitive side of me and i'd be quite obsessed with it i do know that my husband's constantly um he does often look at the reviews um, on amazon and he he'll tell me about them but it's doing it's doing quite well it's actually really hilariously rated as one of the top uh travel books for asia right now oh interesting oh yeah which is uh uh pretty neat but um, but no, actually, uh, the way I receive it and know it's doing well is from the amount of uh, emails and people reaching out to me um, through email and my Instagram because uh, my connection is at the back of the book. 
uh, for that case. And so um, I rece- I'm receiving notes from and messages from readers um, every uh, every few days. So that's great. And what's the what's the main um, kind of what are what's the main takeaway people are getting from your book? Do you think based on the emails you get? Uh, so my the book I wrote is fairly personal and uh, it tells and it's very honest and, and true and that was important to me in the writing of it um, and doing that. So when I uh, so being being that it's out there, I think a lot of people are seeing that and seeing what I did. Um, especially um, as it being a woman's voice as well, because the reality is there is less women's voice in adventure uh, travel uh, for books. So, so seeing seeing that, and and then also the uh, I think the bravery and the story that I uh, told and, and putting out there. Um, I think I read a lot of adventure uh, travel books as well. It's definitely my uh, favorite genre and I think yeah people are I think happy also just to read a fun story and uh, and a story that um, helps them dream a little bit bigger perhaps of uh, their next trip especially at a time like now <laughs> when uh, perhaps that's all we're doing you know is reliving past experiences and um, and dreaming up the future ones so yeah well from what I what I know about you is um you're very vulnerable. Like the first time I think we even met, like you could just tell you're just a very, very open person. And I think that I think people seeing that in the book and being impressed by that, I think reflects a little bit on, um, a a lot on, on the walls that we build around ourselves. I think a lot of people aren't very vulnerable and I think people could see the, the value, the value in kind of opening up a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Am I making sense? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Steve. And that uh, took me a while actually to get to, especially when it came to releasing the book. And and, and I do believe perhaps if I was br- even more brave that the book would have been out a few years earlier. It just took me that long that long to get to the point where I'd be okay with um, criticism from it and um, slashback as I knew I would get. And I have received some. And um, some of that was you know, I was okay. It was like, okay, shake it off. It's just, you know, it's just one person's opinion. And, and then others actually really heard. And one in particular, I mean, it, it probably kept me up for like many nights, mm. uh, kind of over it because it feels, I think when you put your heart and soul on a page as much as you're like, I'm an artist, it's okay. I'm not going to be affected by what other people <laughs> think. It's like, no, I'm a human being. <laughs> and Actually, it feels like a personal attack. So <laughs> it feels a bit like bullying. It's kind of, it's really wild. And you're like, wow, why would someone say this about me? Um, so I'm so glad I did that work personally on me that I even got to the point where I am now that I can handle that kind of feedback. Because perhaps it might have been way worse if I received that feedback and I hadn't done that um, kind of strength training within me to be able to handle it. Awesome. I, I think the thing with the, uh, the negative feedback too, it's in this day of, uh, anonymity, like we can be so anonymous when we, when we talk to other people now. And I, I think sometimes when people are writing their comments, they're, they're writing them to a computer screen and they're not seeing the human being on the other side who might be responding to, or, you know, reading mm. those comments and how it might affect them personally. 
I think yeah. I think that's a that's a symptom uh, in this day and age of just us being so disconnected. Because if they were standing in front of you, you know, <laughs> they might say, "Oh, I really liked your book," but that chapter where you said X Y Z A B C, I didn't really that didn't resonate <clears throat> with me. And you know, to actually have a discussion about it rather than just like that's bullshit. I can't believe you said that, or <laughs> I can't. You know, you know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. So it's. Yeah. yeah, I think when, uh, perhaps one of the parts that hurt a little bit hard about that was it was written by a woman. And so that also uh, kind of hurt that little bit. But also it was a woman that I could really see myself being friends with. I really oh, could. Funny. I was just like, we should be great friends. We should go riding together. But, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, but anyways, but but mostly it's been, you know, it's actually... Mostly it's been really wonderful and well received and people, you know, are reading with it and connecting and connecting to it. And I'm really, yeah, I'm really thrilled that, uh, that the book with you by bike is kind of, is out there and it's, you know, uh, a great, uh, bike adventure story that people can read and we always need more of those. So if there's any listeners out there wondering if they should write a book, they should write a book because I want to read it. Well, tell people about that. So um, everyone has a story, I think, like from doing the podcast for, for the last 18 months, whether Bike Pack Canada or this one, it's, it doesn't matter who you talk to. Everyone seems to have a story. So what's the process like? Like um, getting ideas down and then you know, sending that to a potential publisher, like what's the process like for that? <clears throat> so uh, I think everybody's a writing process is uh, completely different. For me, it was a lot of early morning setting my alarm clock uh, quite early before my son would wake up um, in the morning to get as many hours as I could um, in writing. The mornings are generally my best time for writing. And I think people have to figure out when their best time um, is for this and I find um, writing can be very therapeutic and um, transformative it can also be very frustrating <laughs> um, and satisfying I mean some days you spend entire days on one sentence and you know and then it's funny because then months later that sentence was taken out <laughs> of the of another edit um, but I really do believe that all of us, we all have our own paths and our own journeys and, you know, dark nights or, or great stories. And, and ultimately in the end, I didn't want to live with a, you know, pile of papers and regret not sharing them um, with others. And I, I really want to encourage anyone to give it a go and, and uh, share their story. I was very lucky that I did receive the first publisher. Um, I set, I sent my uh, manuscript to. Um, I do believe that's not the case. And I gave myself a time limit in order to get my book published, which was going to be three years. And if, uh, if a publisher hadn't picked it up by then, then I was going to self-publish the book. But in the end, I was lucky because uh, it was picked up by Rocky Mountain uh, Books, a company out of uh, Western Canada. And um, yeah. So it got out. <laughs> what was the uh, the critique process like? Like giving giving your words and your art to a publisher, and then having them say send it back and say change this, take that out, do this and that. What's that like? 
Yeah. So actually I hired my own editor prior to sending it off to a publisher um, because that was really important to me that the book can got, uh, was able to get to its kind of best version of itself before it went to a publisher. Um, so I hired a, my own editor that I found uh, through Facebook of all things, actually. Uh, she lived in Eastern Canada and uh, I connected with her and we had a few uh, conversations over the phone to see if she'd be the right person for this uh, for this story and then um, and kind of pull what needed to be pulled out of me and then she edited uh, chapter uh, by chapter um, with me so I did spend money on her it was over a year and a half so it kind of spread it itself out um so this is definitely not a money-making process <laughs> for writing a book. <laughs> this is not why somebody should write a book. Just like any art. Just like any art, really. <laughs> Absolutely, right? Uh, so I hired my own editor. So, And I also worked with a great team here of um, women that we get together every Monday night and we have our own writing group. Mm -hmm. and uh very open and truthful and that can really sting sometimes there's definitely a lot of you know a lot of tears and then other times you just feel heroic that you got um that a paragraph is you know perfect and um i really seeked out a lot of advice um, anybody who was keen to read it ahead of time um i really tried to accept their advice to the best of my ability and even though sometimes that was that was hard I would take kind of that what they say in their criticism and perhaps it took a couple of weeks or a couple of months um, but then I would kind of kind of try to filtrate that back into the story so by the time my uh, manuscript actually went to the publisher it, it had very few changes so um, yeah that's cool. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's probably the scariest part, right? Is when you create something and then, like, I can relate with you know, again, the first podcast you and I did, and you kind of put it out, and you're just like, oh, I hope people kind of like it. I hope I don't sound like an idiot. I hope that people resonate with it and get something out of it and want to share it and want to listen to it again or or read it again or something like it, yeah it's tough it's tough and again that's part of being vulnerable right is is putting yourself out there so congratulations yeah. and i think it's it's been a great success and it's uh it's so cool i hope it inspires a lot of people to to put words on paper and, and write their own <laughs> story i was gonna ask too it's like so writing that book was in a way therapeutic for you yeah did when you got to the end of the book um did you learn anything more about yourself like sometimes when we when we you know regurgitate ideas and thoughts onto paper and write things down sometimes things can kind of like come out that maybe you didn't expect were there any lessons learned in writing the book that you didn't expect yeah it, so i learned a lot i'm very i would like to say i'm quite self-aware so I did learn uh, some about me, but what I really learned was about my husband, Mike. So ultimately, this book is a falling back in love story. It's um, kind of based on <laughs> this 13-month bike trip that we did, uh, mostly through Southeast Asia. And when the big book begins, we're nearly you know, on the brink of a divorce, and instead we decide to go on this bike ride. And I would say and and do admit in the book that you know i don't think we're in love with each other at all anymore so 
um, within the book, every chapter and every country um, that we visit, we learn a lot more about each other and really connect um, a lot more with each other. And so it was really interesting in writing the book that I really got to see how Mike shows me love and how what kind of person he is, uh, what his values are, what's important uh, to him. And having that in words is really interesting. And to the point now where I can go back and 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 read certain chapters because I know they'll spark that um, feeling again that I have for him and just being able to kind of fall back in love uh, again, which I think is really important. And, you know, what normally is such a busy lifestyle and especially, you know, with children and everything to kind of recreate that uh, connection all that time. So, yeah, I learned about me, but I definitely learned more about him. That's cool. Well, I've spent some time with with your family and Mike and your boy Zion and you you guys are great. You're you're a wonderful family and you can definitely feel the love within the walls of your house. <laughs> and you would definitely extend that to your guests and your roommates and and uh you've got a beautiful little thing going on there. So, oh, I'm getting all <laughs> getting all emotional even saying that. <laughs> Thank but, you. Yeah, no, it's very 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 cool. So, um let's talk about your uh your athletic uh background. Okay. A little bit. Um, where does that begin? What was what uh, was what was Katrina like as a kid? <laughs> oh, I was always very sporty. And actually, it was funny because my little dude, who's now seven, he was showing me his muscles yesterday. <laughs> He's so into his muscles right now, and I'm like, oh my gosh, I was so into my muscles. I was always so into my muscles. I always wanted to only wear a tank top when I was his age as well, and. Yeah, so I think my first sport was actually swimming. Um, so I raced or I swam competitively five days a week throughout grade, you know, six, seven, and eight. And then I started cross country running and got really into that. Um, tried to play soccer, but wasn't quite uh, coordinated enough to make the high school teams and started playing rugby. And maybe I've mentioned to this to you before, Steve, but I played rugby actually for 10 years. Um, and was uh, kind of long listed on the Canadian team, and I traveled quite a bit. I, I played in, uh, for the University of Queensland for a year in Australia, and I played for the University of Christchurch in New Zealand uh, for a semester, and did some tours in Europe. And wow! And then I, don't know I, if I then, did know that. That's really no, cool. <laughs> I know like, such a. Is that like semi-pro or amateur? Like, were you a paid oh, no. rugby athlete no. or just, no. that's awesome. Well, I don't even know if anyone was, any woman was a paid rugby athlete. At that yeah, unfortunately. But, uh, but it was, um, but scholarship, a little bit of scholarship. So I guess in that sense, it felt really lucky, but I think, and I love the sport of rugby, so this is not dissing it. But for me personally, what I realized about rugby was that the reason why I loved it so much is because it was outside mm. uh, with friends. And so um, when the Eco Challenge first came out on TV, which was a televised um, show on a sport called adventure racing, I instantly like clicked over to adventure racing. And then I spent most of my 20s um, doing the this sport, which is a combination of uh, paddling, biking, um, trekking and running and heavy on the heavy on the compass navigation and I race week long races um, throughout a lot of the world and kind of really fell in love with that uh, sport until uh, 
until I was injured. Yeah. And then I worked off an injury for a number of years and then I was able to start racing again. And, um, by then I was in my mid thirties and I raced, um, off-road, uh, triathlon. I was able to make it to world championships, um, Xterra world championships in Hawaii and did well. And then, uh, and then started bikepacking, uh, racing, which is, I think when you and I met, yeah. <laughs> was, uh, uh bike race. Yeah. And then I got injured again. <laughs> so. so that, that injury that happened in the past is that that's the same injury you're struggling with now. Yes. Now I, I know that's, it's been, you know, at least since I've known you, uh, you know, after say the AR 700, that was, was that your first bikepacking race? It was, um, and then, uh, solo. Right. And then after that, was it, uh, is that when the injury kind of started to, to show itself again? No, it wasn't until the next May. Okay. So, um, yeah. So I think after you met, I was still doing, um, quite heavy in the off-road triathlons. Um, and um going to uh canadian championships and kind of racing uh racing those and then it came the injury came back all of a sudden um yeah in may so it'd be nearly two years ago now mm-hmm. yeah that's a bummer um we don't have to spend a lot of time talking about that because now you look sad i don't want to <laughs> i don't want to make you sad <laughs> <laughs> See, I'm so transparent. <laughs> okay, let's just change the subject. No, no, no but that's no, that, no, I no. It's uh, no, it's all good. I'm managing okay. Definitely. Um, have so. they have they come to the bottom of it? Like, I know that you've been going in for tests, and have you have you had biopsies and all sorts of stuff trying to figure out what's going on? Yeah. So I've had. So basically, I have calf uh, calf pain, and. Um, uh, very high level of calf pain. So um, some days I have a really hard time walking, um, especially because in my dreams, I'll still dream that I'm racing and then I'll wake up and my legs are um, all tense. So I'll actually even have a really hard time walking to the bathroom. Um, so some days are better and some days are worse. And with after numerous attests, what they think it might be is that they've discovered that I have an extra soleus muscle in each uh, uh, leg and also with that that my gastroc muscle is larger uh, than normal and also they think it's inflamed so now as soon as I exercise they believe it's the gastroc muscle that's hitting the artery and it's blocking off blood flow oh interesting yeah so um, a few things that I'm able to do about that is a lot of hydrotherapy Um, I've changed my diet I've now um, I've cut out all, um, uh, animal products, uh, from my diet, trying to clear my, um, arteries as much as possible and just kind of help with the blood flow. Um, so I think that's helping quite a bit. And there is perhaps one procedure, um, that they can do, which is to Botox the gastroc muscle to help, um, relieve it. And in, the fall in past fall, six months ago, when they recommended that to me, I said no because they could hit a nerve and then I wouldn't be able to walk at all. Oh, <laughs> or, that's one of the risks uh, of that procedure. Yeah, wow. It is, yeah. Uh, but I might be leading towards actually giving it a go because, oh man, how cool would that be if I could play soccer with my son pain free, oh, yeah. you know? Um, so. 
uh, Zion's pretty great with me. Like some days I really honestly can only be goalie from my knees. <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, he's really great at, uh, when my legs are bad. And then, and, but some days now I am unable to run a bit more. Um, especially now that I'm not working because I do work as a guide. So I do use my legs, um, in work and that's been really, that hasn't been easy. So when, because I was using my legs for work, I, I seem to only have so much leg time Mm. and then that kind of runs out and I have to kind of ice and kind of relieve the pain for a while. Uh, so now that I'm off work and I'm kind of just playing, I seem to have a little bit more play time. Uh, which is great. And, but same thing, good days and bad days. And, you know, on a good day, I feel like I could do anything. I don't want to plan all these, two, these big things again. And then on bad days, it's, uh, yeah, not awesome. <laughs> yeah. So that's chronic. It's like constant. Like right now, are you feeling pain in your calves? Uh, so I've been awake for about an, uh, an hour and a half now. And this morning when I, uh, I had a, actually did have a rough night with them, which was, um, um, not fortunate, uh, which isn't awesome, but now I have, I use actually compression socks oh. now and that's been helping, uh, that helps quite a bit. Mm. Um, uh, so once I have these on and, uh, I really love sitting on the floor as opposed to <laughs> sitting in a chair with my legs hanging. Yeah. So I sit on the floor a lot and that's, uh, that's really comfortable. So I don't know, I'd say it's kind of my normal right now. <laughs> so it's, uh, so it's okay. And, and you know, on the, and the, you know, on the positive side of it, I'm just so thankful I still have legs. Like there's definitely, you know, lots I can still do. And I kind of look at what I can do and work within that. So. Yeah. And, and notwithstanding the injury, notwithstanding, you still planned a massive trip in, uh, in Europe last year. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, tell us, tell us uh, about that. So my dream was to race the tour divide um of course and i also wanted to cycle uh, the continental divide and as a family and i thought this would be a wonderful story for a second book Mm. and to do it as a family and then to race it and my husband uh, was able to get four months off work i booked myself off of work and um, and that was the plan. And, and then I, and then I got injured and then we didn't know if we would do anything. Um, and, um, we just kind of still had this time and I kind of kept hoping for a miracle that my legs would, you know, come back and, and be okay. And then Mike, um, suggested that I try a knee bike and, I was really skeptical, skeptical. I didn't know anybody that rode an e-bike. Um, plus it didn't help that the picture he showed me of an e-bike was like full on. Like if you have to explain what a granny bike looks like, that was it. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, just started crying because it's like, I want to race and you want me to ride this. And yeah. And, um, but then I did, I went and I, I tried one out and, and then it, I just, um, had tears coming down because I was so happy and I realized that being out on this pedal assist bike gave me the same amount of joy as you know other times when I could ride a bike and and um so we looked 
So after testing that out a bit, we realized that perhaps we could still take this time that we had off of work and make a trip out of it. And essentially, we looked for the flattest place in the world that we could find, plan a bike trip. Um, and uh, we ended up cycling for uh, four months. We traveled 4,000 kilometers um, last summer across Europe. And, and yeah, it worked out really well. And uh, what what gear did you choose? What bike did you choose? You became an ambassador for uh, a bike company, did you not? Yeah, so I became an ambassador for Cube Bikes. And uh, the bike I chose was Reaction um, Bike. Um, It has a little bit more of a a mountain bike setup. I'd say it still looks pretty cool, even though it has a a battery attached to it. and yeah, it was really comfortable. It's really comfortable and it was quite solid. So, um, we ended up having Zion, uh, it was important to me that he could also ride his own bike and, and then still be attached to us. So he had his own bicycle, which was fantastic because most of the 4,000 kilometers we biked was actually on cycle pass and uh, bike pass. Um, so if he had wanted to ride by himself, he could, otherwise he would attach, um, to the back of my bike by, um, uh, a follow me tandem, which was a really wonderful device that would attach his bike, um, onto me. And then we can kind of go along. Um, and then of course my husband was there and my parents came on the bike trip with us as well. And, um, they were all on kind of on regular bikes. And then I was on the e-bike and I ended up with two batteries, um, for that trip. And that allowed me to get, uh, close to, you know, 130 to 150 kilometers before I had to find a, a recharging station. It depended on how much um, assist I needed um, on the day, if I was having a, a bad day or not. Uh, I only ran out of battery once when the, my dad had to tow me um, because I was actually, uh, you can still bike the bike without battery, but I was having a really um, bad leg day. So uh, thankfully my dad towed me into a town. And, uh, yeah, but it, it was really great. We still got out and we camped every night for 110 days oh, amazing. <laughs> and, uh, uh, fairly inexpensive, uh, trip I'd say, because we just made our own food and ate a lot of bread <laughs> and, uh, and camped and yeah. So wow, really beautiful. wonderful experience to still kind of live outside like that. Yeah, for sure. And I think it shows a lot of courage to, to head out there despite the, the injury even with it because you hadn't really tested a super long trip like you knew that the e-bike was going to give you some relief uh from the injury but you, you weren't sure how that was going to be if that was going to be able to be sustained over like thousands of kilometers no and i'm not sure i did myself a good service like to my legs by using them that much um but i am able to rotate my legs pretty well as long as i don't push hard on them but i did still have some really bad days where we had to take you know two or three days off um, i did a lot of icing and all the rivers we were quite often traveling beside a river and um so i was constantly in the river uh, with my legs and icing as much as possible um one particular day zion really wanted to go to a zoo um, and this was in france and um to me there was just uh, that was uh, the only unfortunate thing about being there is that I, 
walking was really difficult. So when we did go to a city or something, I quite Mm. often didn't have enough legs to walk. So I kind of had used up all my legs uh, in cycling, but I didn't have enough legs to walk. So, um, so we did end up going to the zoo and, and I got a wheelchair and my kid, Zion pushed me around this wheelchair. And actually, once I got over the idea that I'm in a wheelchair, it was actually pretty fun. <laughs> it was actually like, just really nice to be able to experience it with them and not be in pain. So um, yeah, I don't even think I've mentioned that anywhere. Uh, before, no, that's the but, first time I've heard that. And that's, uh, again, that yeah. shows some some courage and some adaptability. Because I remember you saying once, it might have been on the first podcast we did but you'd mentioned you know the e-bike thing and it's like but i'm an athlete i'm still an athlete right mm. and you are regardless of of riding an e-bike or not but um yeah it takes a lot it kind of takes a lot of inner strength and guts to just accept that you're going to be pushed around in a wheelchair you know mm. do you th- do you agree i think it does i mean yeah, absolutely. And when you say I look sad, it was interesting that you said that because, you know, yeah, quite often I am proud that, you know, my family adapted and, you know, and I, and I adapted. But there's also sometimes this sense of mourning. And as an athlete, I grew up and I read I read so many motivational stories and I read every like adventure story or climbing Everest or I, I'm a ferocious reader. And a lot of them talk about if you want something bad enough, you keep pushing until you get it. You know, if you work hard enough, you will get it. And that's how I grew up. And that's how I think I was able to do a lot of the things I have done um, because I pushed myself. And then with the reality of this injury, and this goes, I think, for many people in their lives, is it's just that the reality is it doesn't matter how hard I and how bad I want something it's not going to happen mm. like it's just it's just not and so I think there's you know I can wish this <laughs> away as much as possible but unless they really find uh, unless a cure is found <clears throat> you know or something uh, happens I, I've looked at all sorts of um, ways of getting rid of this injury, including uh, therapy, uh, including meditation, including drastically changing my diet, um, working with many different experts and, um, you know, and and all of it helps a little bit, but yeah, it's still there. Yeah. But I guess it's funny because in my brain, yeah, I'm totally an athlete. (laughs) And and I see that when I go to sleep at night because when I'm in my dreams i am often racing i'm you know i'm doing stuff or i'm for some reason sleeping in a cave adventure racing and it's the only dry place we can find and i have to squat all night um, because there's too much like stuff on the floor of the cave and i and then i wake up in the morning and i like (laughs) my legs are so sore because in my dreams i squatted all night oh funny (laughs) yeah but well, yeah, I mean, you definitely over, you're overcoming some pretty uh, interesting adversity, right? Like, I think there's a lot of athletes probably out there that, that might hear this and might be going through similar things, whether it be, you know, their body's wearing out or age or, you know, I think a lot of people who are athletic 
um, that's constantly driving them, right? And they're constantly wanting to be their best and the best. And I think when something puts a wrench in the works, it could be hard. It could be really hard for someone with that mindset to, to flip over. So uh, I admire what you've done to kind of get yeah. through these times and, and refocus, right? You're refocusing more on maybe not the individual journey, but the family journey and how to involve your family with this and that you can still go and do 4,000 kilometer bike trips. And yeah, I think it's very cool. Yeah. And then maybe in the future, more paddling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, who knows? <laughs> Did you ever row? Uh, ever no, row just boats? for fun. Um, but I had, I did in the past do a lot of kayaking for racing and, and such. So, yeah, I think, yeah, again, it kind of getting back to that, but that would be more solo ventures because, uh, Mike's not really into the water sports. So, um, yeah, so we'll see. Maybe Zion will be. <laughs> yeah, maybe you get, maybe you have to, that could be your uh, summer project is making a couple pack rafts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Welding some up. Yeah, absolutely. So what's now? Are you writing another book? Are you have you started I wish, writing another actually, book? No way. Uh, I wish I, I actually um, somewhat thought perhaps I could turn the Europe trip into uh, a book, but it doesn't seem to be coming. And I wonder if that's because it wasn't quite. It doesn't quite feel complete. Mm. Um, we ended up cycling from Amsterdam to Budapest in the, kind of the first part of our trip, um, which took. Um, just over maybe two and a half months or something. And um, we, we kind of thought we might get to the Black Sea, but um, by the time we reached uh, Budapest, my uh, legs weren't doing uh, that well. And I was also probably pretty tired because of my legs and, and just the navigation. And it was very hot. Oh my gosh. It was uh, Europe was when was in this crazy heat wave and, um, being in the tents all the time was um, was awesome, but it was also getting uh, really hot. And so we made a pretty drastic decision to then travel in Ireland. And then we biked around Ireland for um, close to a month, which was amazing, actually. Mm. Um, so, But it was a bit chopped up, and, and we kind of never finished what we had set out to do. And I think part of me was a little sad about that because, you know, I think that comes – from being driven and being an athlete, you just always want to complete what you set out to do. Right. And even though I don't regret that choice on one hand, because what we did receive in Ireland was fantastic. And, um, but it's kind of like, I want to go back one day, especially if my legs get better and finish that trip, um, as a family, I think that might feel a little bit more complete to me and I can make a story out of this, but I don't, I am not a writer that can write something that's not worthy of being read. If that makes sense. Yeah, um, so, so I've written, so I've written a lot. Um, but I want to write something that has meaning, uh, to it and maybe we'll give somebody something and yeah. And this one's just, yeah, it's just not complete. <laughs> so <laughs> I'll just keep, uh, I'll keep uh, searching, but I don't really have much time to write nowadays anyway. So. Yeah, not a lot of downtime. You almost need no. that downtime. I, I started getting up at, when I started my back 40, I started, okay, I'm going to get up at five every morning and I'm going to 
make coffee and I'm going to edit uh, audio just to try to stay ahead, like just try to keep up. Like obviously it's too early in the morning to be speaking because our house isn't very big and the whole family would hear me speak. But uh, um, it, it's uh, I can't I couldn't sustain that. It's I, I tried to find the time mm, and I found yeah. I found a couple hours before work where I could get up and, you know, do that. And then uh, I couldn't sustain it. I just yeah, I, I couldn't I needed to sleep. So now I've shifted yeah. it, shifted it around. Like, you know, I think, you know, and you can appreciate being a writer, but that that uh, creativity is so important, right? Mm-hmm. To be able to have some sort of creative outlet to either, you know, like make, for me making music or or doing the podcast or having conversations or blah, blah, blah. If I can't do that, then I, I, feel, I feel down. If I haven't had a chat for a couple of weeks, mm. I start feeling kind of like, like just yeah you know and 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 as soon as i have a chat like you know with you or whoever's coming up next it just it motivates me Mm. you know it makes me feel and maybe it's just the connectedness that that i dig that i'm kind of uh, you know that that drives me for that so i can appreciate that creativity side so do are you still writing like even if it's a short story or thoughts or journaling oh yeah or, yeah you're always writing yeah I journal as much as I possibly can it's kind of funny how I feel like Instagram shifted a little bit for me in the sense that I use that as a writing outlet um I didn't I wasn't keen on actually using Instagram at all and I only started because I knew the publisher would appreciate it mm. and but then I realized like actually wow this is such a right little writing outlet and you know kind of a little piece of a journal within this so I try to um, kind of use that as a piece. And then, um, I write whatever I can. We're still doing my Monday night writing groups now, but over zoom, um, of course. And, um, and, and that's been, uh, going great. I did write articles on the Europe trip. And so I've actually still kind of been writing, uh, writing those. So just kind of making like these mini stories, uh, within, which I think whether, you know, people read them or not, I think is just a wonderful piece of our story for my son when he grows up For sure, um, to be able to, to be able to have that. And um, just get, continuing to read uh, as much as I can. And yeah, sometimes writing down just a little bit, but I would say most of my writing currently is going towards is going work writing, um, which is also great. And it also feels creative. So so that's okay, but it's kind of focused more on um, guiding and and work. So, mm-hmm. so let's talk about that a little bit. So, your um, future in guiding, what's happening with that? Yeah, so I've had to shift a little bit in what I do. So rather than week long uh-huh. uh, hiking trips, <laughs> that was a bit hard on my body now. So I started um, working on programs that are uh, multi-activity and multi-day uh, and also working on collaborations uh, with different groups. So I've just started a new uh, a new business called uh, Big Nature. And um, once this is all over and tourists are able to start coming, mm. which I really do believe they will, <laughs> again, I'm really excited. I, uh, I have a wonderful uh, partner, uh, partner in this and uh, we've we're creating these programs where guests come uh, for a week and so one of them for example is going to be photography based but we're also going to be going uh, we're going to be going hiking we'll uh, 
go whitewater rafting. We'll still go up on the ice field um, uh, for a hiking adventure, but there'll also be early morning sunrises and sunsets and, um, and biking and changing it up every day rather than um, just hiking um, every single day. And that's really great, I think, for my body, but it's also really good for people's souls and the past trips that I've run of this, they love it. And another one that I'm uh, working on is collaboration with this um, wonderful woman named Jess um, who lives in Calgary and she's run international trips all around um, the world, but she's had a really hard time running them here because we live um, in a national uh, park and it's, um, you know, it's not, um, it's not simple to get organized enough with all the credit, Ratifications that we need and all the permits and the insurance. And thankfully, as a business, we have that. So we've been able to kind of work with this, uh, work with the photographers and now this, um, uh, this yogi uh, expert. And so now we're creating a um, uh, creating experience um, with her where we're going to do, be doing a lot of yoga and meditation and smudging, uh, smudging ceremony and, uh, we'll go out hiking, and uh, but we'll also have a lot of hydrotherapy at the uh, spa, which is great. Um, and then we'll go caving uh, in the cave here and run meditation within the cave uh, mm. of, of Grotto Mountain. And so kind of really, yeah, kind of just developing these experiences. And a lot of my writing is going for bl- into kind of the blogs and the content um, for this and, and just studying. I'm constantly trying to study so I can interpret um, the natural world uh, for my guests and uh, really help them uh, connect to the land and therefore connect to themselves. And I just finished uh, my last piece that I just finished writing was about the, the bison's that they've reintroduced here in uh, Bath National Park and kind of the success story on that. So still writing, but uh, yeah, just kind of connecting it more to my work, which ultimately is my passion. So <laughs> big nature. That's cool. I really like that. So it's almost like a, um, like a retreat, right? You can go away and you can almost get the whole thing. You get a bit of a vacation, you get activity, you get uh, mindfulness, you know, you get all this stuff. That's that's a really cool concept. Do you, do you think what what drove that? Do you think that um, the the change in our world right now drove that? Like people looking for for solutions, or maybe because of this pandemic thing? I find personally, you know, reevaluating our lives. We're reevaluating what's important. Mm. We're looking at what we do um, to get by day to day, and then now we have maybe some extra time. Now we can start thinking about these other creative outlets and projects. Do you think that that came from there? Is this something you've had in the works for a while? Yeah, I'm really happy you mentioned that actually. And, you know, people kind of looking at them, um, their life and how they kind of surround themselves and, and, and what's important to them. I think that's really wonderful. This, the mindfulness um, of being outside has been important to me for quite a while and it, and it probably came a number of years ago when I was continually asked to guide uh, into this section of the park which I'm just not a fan of and it takes a while to get out there but it's very it's very busy I think it's like very touristy I don't really think it's great for the environment and I was really struggling with that um and so for a year I said no I'm not I'm not 
I'm not going into that section of the park. I don't believe in it, um, that people should experience the park this way. But then I really thought personally about it. And I was like, you know what, Katrina, by getting to that section of the park, I have, I get to spend an entire day with people who have never perhaps even been to Canada before, haven't seen nature like this, whether it's from a large coach or not. And I have the entire day to talk about something. So can I make that important enough? And is this my way of helping the world <laughs> and the environment and, and impacting change. And so I worked hard on my studies to kind of get myself to a place that I found was worthy enough of going to these places and being a part of these experience, even though the ultimate thing that they were booking on, I didn't necessarily agree with what I felt I could impact was the journey to and from. And that was really important to me. So it, it really all kind of started with that, that, that whatever kind of we do in our lives, whether that's through your work or through your passion or, you know, however you want to kind of make, you know, make an impact. I decided that, you know, my impact is, is going to be how I, how I connect with these guests and how I help them reconnect um, with themselves and, and with the land and the natural world. And so by running, running these trips and aiding them in this process has just been wonderful for me. And this is just a, another layer that I feel like it's the right time for. I, I think that's cool. I, I, I think that a lot of, a lot of people go uh, on these vacations and look for these trips and I think they expect just to be kind of guided out and, shown stuff and then guided back and then there you go and you get your tip and you leave and people people don't really see the the value in in having a great guide who has a really interesting insight on the area and who's willing to share and i really hope people are are um um i hope people really respond well to that because i think that's that's whole it's not just about going and getting views and taking pictures and selfies like there's so much more <laughs> to going out in nature than like, you know, just forest bathing, you know, being in the mountains and yeah. breathing the fresh air and, and learning about the environment and, and, and being mindful on about how, what you've just, what you've just done is going to impact you. So I think going on these retreats, like why well, I keep calling it a retreat, but you know, the, the big nature thing, being able to go out for a hike and then coming back and, and, and then maybe meditating on it and integrating that into your life. And then having, mm -hmm. let's say, having yourself or a meditation guide basically kind of bring to light some of the things that happened that day. And then people can really meditate on it and, and really, really take it in. I think that's going to, that's really going to be a great product for, for people. Mm. Yeah. That's yeah, cool. I'm really, uh, we're really excited uh, about it and it has been received well. So awesome. yeah, once the borders and oh, start yeah. opening and um, I am going to welcome people with open arms and of course they can stay in my house uh. <laughs> after these trips, you know, but it's, uh, yeah, no, I love, um, yeah, I love being with people and getting them out there and mm -hmm. I learned so much from my guests as well. So so with that, obviously, you know, being around people is so important. <clears throat> and obviously, you know, you're, you're, 
having a family is is pretty awesome during these times. Like we have we mm-hmm. have our families that we can count on. Do you really miss being with guests? Yeah, um, I definitely had to go through that mourning period when when this all started. I think I felt it first. Like I felt it, you know, I felt it before restaurants. I felt it before the general public really knew what was happening mm-hmm. because I work with um, a lot of corporate events and and uh, larger events that all of a sudden within a couple of days, these are canceling. And so. So I heard about it, you know, but I'm hearing about it before their restaurants are being canceled, before their even hotel rooms are being canceled. So I felt a few days that, you know, in the guiding community that um, like a, a little bit lonely in that sense, because I was saying to, you know, to friends like, wow, all my work has been, you know, canceled until June now. And and um, they thought, oh, Cad, you'll be fine. Just work at a coffee shop for a while. <laughs> and I was like, you don't get it. <laughs> Mm. This, is, this is like this is gonna happen like um you know quite uh, you know because it wasn't quite seen yet and then by the next week you know it kind of had hit it pretty hard and, and I was really excited for this summer we had really uh, great programs lined up um, I'm also an ambassador for a company called Adventure Woman uh, and I also guide them when they come to the Rockies here and I had really great work lined up and um, I was really excited about that so yeah I was definitely sad uh, looking that that might uh, not happen, and at that time I still didn't realize school would be canceled. Yeah. Right? So yeah, and then and then I I mean I cannot work. I'm probably like the best not worker actually. <laughs> and you know, and and being in a guiding uh, as a guide, like I have huge chunks where I don't work. You know, in off yeah. seasons or or what have you. So it's not necessarily bad. I think it was just that I love my work, so it's you know. Um, but then Zion, you know, came home and then all of a sudden it's just so busy, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, I, no, I think like, I'm definitely going to miss them. Um, but a, uh, but it'll come back again. Like, I really do believe that. So I remember you texting me, it, it, it was probably like two months ago and I think mm. it was just one line. It was like, well, just lost all my work this summer. And, <laughs> and I read that and, and, you know, I, I knew stuff was going, obviously the pandemic was going on and. And, uh, and, uh, it didn't really, it didn't really sink in. It was just kind of like, wow, that's crazy. And then I started really delving into kind of what was going on. And, and, uh, it was really unfortunate to, to hear mm. that you lost all your work. And, um, and then, yeah, it just seemed to kind of, <laughs> it just seemed to get worse and worse and worse over time. And suddenly it's, it's, it's been so impactful on people's lives yeah. and especially people like you who guide and rely so much on, on well probably foreign tourism coming over mm-hmm. here because you're you're in the hotbed of of tourism there for sure um is uh is canmore and Banff are they are they struggling pretty big time with with this this pandemic situation yeah i mean it's it's interesting right like we're a tourist uh, and i don't know the exact numbers but i mean there's definitely percentages floating around that 85 percent of the communities are the communities laid off so yeah um it's it's interesting though because Banff Banffites and Camerites, they know how to live too, I think. Like they're they're out here because they love yeah. being outside and love the wilderness. So um I actually have to be careful taking my son out for a ride because you know, I don't want to go on any paths that are, are too busy. So I kind of choose my time. 
on when we do that. And we kind of mostly stick to our little section around here. Or, you know, if we go to bike rides, I choose choose different paths because, yeah, I think a lot of uh, the town is outside and, you know, you know, kind of changing what they can and, and taking advantage of uh, going out outside as well, which, yeah. So I, I think... I think overall, like my friends and and everyone, like, I think, you know, we're lucky to be here. We're lucky we have the support in Canada that we do. Um, You know, I I think we'll, you know, we'll make it through this. And and I hope that uh, those who are really struggling are reaching out to to their community and asking for help. Yeah, yeah, that's all we can do, right? Yeah, and that's... you know, we all try to stay as healthy as we can. And, and you have to get out and do that. You have to get outside yeah. and do that. I, I went for a ride up uh, to Lake Lillian yesterday. And uh, for those of you who listened, if uh, you got a little My Back 40 sticker on your windshield, that was me. I put it under your, a bunch of people's windshield wipers. But <laughs> dude, the parking lot was full. It was it was pretty much full. And then the, the parking uh, lot down by the lake was pretty full. Of a mix, a mix of Albertans. Like a lot of a lot of Alberta comes here this time of year because our trails are open so so soon. Um, yeah. The trails are are running really really nice right now. I still encourage mm-hmm. people to kind of stay home. Um, yeah, we're not driving anywhere. No, like, we're, we're not going anywhere. Yeah, either. yeah, we're not driving. We're just you know we go on little tutos on our bike ride. If it's up to my son, he'd never leave the house, and we'd just be playing <laughs> soccer in the backyard. So, <laughs> well, yeah. You know, so if I want to keep him happiest, then we kind of do that. And then, yeah, but, you know, just, I'm just trying, yeah, just trying to, trying to accept it. I mean, I certainly do spread the maps around me quite often, you know, and sit in the middle of the floor with all these maps around and kind of dreaming up, (laughs) uh, dreaming up the future. But yeah, well, you know, it's not going to be forever. We got to, we got to keep focused on the things that we can do and stuff that we might, might, might be able to do soon. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I'm still counting on uh, maybe doing the AR 700 in August. I don't know if that's mm. unrealistic or not, but uh, the BC Epic was uh, canceled and I'm just like, Oh, come on, man. I'm just, mm. I was so looking forward to that. And everyone's in the same boat. Everyone's yeah. looking forward to these activities and, yeah. and events and whatnot or trips or vacations. Like, you know, come, come June 1st, we are going to take off to the Island. Right. It's like, well, yeah. So go see grandma and grandpa. But now is that going to happen? I don't know, man. It's, it's, uh, it's disappointing, but we have to, we have to stay true to, to trying to just control everything. Right. And yeah. And and this is where I want to go back to a little bit that if you want something bad in your life, you know, if you want something bad enough, you make it happen. And, you know, I hit that kind of reality with my injury, this is another, this is another reality where we can't do this, but they, you do have so many times in your life that whatever you want and you're like, Oh, but you know, no, perhaps like I shouldn't do that right now. I'm especially being injured. If you like, once we're allowed to do all this and you can go and bike, if you have the body to be able to do that, then mm. make that happen. <laughs> like, You know, work extra hours so you can go buy that bike you really want. Like, and, you know, do these things because sometimes you just can't, like sometimes you can't. And, and so if you're able to do it, don't wait. <laughs> yeah. Life's short and you never know. You never know what's going to mm-hmm. happen. You know, we could come out at the end of the summer or we could go be going through this again. 
right? Right. Like yeah. this this is going to I mean stick around for a long time, so yeah. I think it's good to have and, some plans and Yeah. And if that's the case, then I really hope I figure out another book to write. <laughs> <sighs> Because then you get really excited about having time inside. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not the type to be able to to want to stay inside too much. It's it's tough. But um, yeah, I mean, we just have to. I don't know. I, I actually yesterday when I was writing, I ended up with with in a small group, and it kind of was like, oh, it just didn't feel right. Like it's amazing how things have kind of 180. Where before it'd be like, hey guys, what's going on? Yeah. High fives all around and whatever but now it's like you're kind of holding your breath until you can get by them or whatever yeah it's just such a weird weird time and then i see them go down this this fork and i'm like well i'm gonna go this way Mm because i don't want to be anywhere near them because you never know right and yeah yeah it's some strange strange times man i miss hugs oh god i miss hugs so much Uh, but i am you know i wonder how many people would phone me but I pick up the phone and phone my friends all the time. <laughs> like I am a big, I love having phone conversations. So, um, so I can stay connected. I do stay connected with people that way. Um, but I think that, yeah, maybe that, that's probably harder for a lot of people if they're not, you know, keen on picking up the phone and, um, you know, and calling and, um, yeah. So, but I hope everyone's, um, I hope people are figuring it out and, in ways that they can kind of thrive and survive, survive this time. Yeah, we just have to count on each other, right? So it's all mm-hmm. we can. It's all we can really do. So what else do you want to talk about? What else do you got going on in the world of? Katrina oh my Rosa? gosh, that's that's lots. I think I got to go play soccer here soon. <laughs> oh, do you have a hard out? You have a hard out, as they say. I don't know what we're gonna do today. I think we might just go try to go for a walk somewhere. It's all crazy and stormy here today, so I don't know. Oh, okay. Yeah, no, we're looking, uh, we're looking uh, soccerable still, uh, right, right now. So I got to go get my goalie on, you know. Yeah. Uh, my son wakes up in the morning and he puts on his uh, shin pads first thing, and he wears them till the very <laughs> end. Of the That's, night. Awesome. <laughs> That's so funny. It's funny how um, with our kids, it's interesting. Um, it's interesting to see them develop into the people they are, right? Like, you know, there's that nature nurture thing. And it's like, our children have a nature I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Like Jasper is just, he's artistic and smart. And he, you know, loves reading books. He loves drawing pictures. Um, He loves to create. And Sloan, Mm -hmm. Sloan is a lot like Zion. I think we're a lot alike, Sloan and I, where it's just like, okay, let's go ride bikes. Yeah. You know, she loves the first time. So we did a bit of pedal biking last year. And um, this summer she's like, I want to go ride my bike. And it's like, okay. So, you know, I, I sometimes collect, if I go to the dump, people throw out the craziest stuff, man. It's like, mm. it's a beautiful bike, completely mm-hmm. fine. Not barely yeah. a spot of rust on it. So I take them, bring them back and fix them up. And uh, she grabs this bike with pedals and I go, oh, you're going to pedal? You're, you're good? She goes, oh yeah, I'm good. And it was the first time she'd ridden a bike this year. She gets on a pedal bike and just takes off down the road. And it's like the, it's crazy. It's so crazy to see her do that. And and now, you know, we've gone for a couple rides together and, um, and I, I want, I do want to take her camping this year. We've talked a little bit about it to go, maybe just go for a short trip up to, uh, up to Lake Enid or, or just stealth camp somewhere close by and, and just take her out and give her that experience. I think she'd really do that. 
but uh yeah it's it's what's difficult about that is having having two kids that are completely opposite one another you know like come on jasper let's go no i don't want to do that <laughs> yeah but we <laughs> oh, want to do it let's go. it's really really yeah. tough to balance that out and then it's okay yeah. well i'll bounce on the trampoline for a little bit with you and then i'm gonna go bike riding with sloan and then i'm gonna try to go <laughs> riding and then i'm gonna try to maybe spend some time with my wife <laughs> Right. I know it's such a juggle, eh? Oh my god! I think, and that's where I go. Like every experience, everybody's experience is so different. Very different in all of this. And and for me, I I would say if there is a hardship, it's that I have like the least independent child. (laughs) He wants to be with us 100 percent of the time. He, um, like really needs to be entertained. And and our main kind of goal in the past um, 10 days actually has been self-play and you know we had to set the alarm for the first few times for seven minutes and uh, try to get him to play with himself but you know ever since this whole thing started and since we moved to this house which has been um three months now he has not played with a toy like he's just not he doesn't play with toys he's wants to play hockey he wants to play uh soccer he'll play game like he'll play cards with me or something he'll be creative uh we draw we write uh we bake a lot um, we paint, you know, and stuff, but as far as the toy, he, yeah, just no, <laughs> no self, self play, but yeah, he's pretty, he's pretty awesome. The other, and I'll just maybe end with this story is that, uh, yesterday I woke up and told him, we're going to go for a bike ride <laughs> and I have a new soccer field to bring you to. And, uh, so I thought we'd cycle from camera to bath and, um, and uh, and I he wasn't keen on this, so I told him that I'd buy him French fries at uh, McDonald's and and an ice cream. Oh, I saw that post. And because you can, like in town here, um, you can I, like I think you can still mobile order, right? And they bring out your food. Yeah. <laughs> and of course, I don't go the short way, you know. So. No. As, so, you know, I made it as long as possible. We're going like this other way. And so I was like, mom, are we going the right direction? I'm like, oh, yes. <laughs> like, you know, I just got to go check this out. I heard there's a bird here. And like, we go on and on. And oh, my gosh. And we got to McDonald's and Bath and it's like full on shut. Like, oh, close. And I bummer. laughed so hard. I don't think I've like... That was like my biggest laugh that I've had in weeks. And then Zai's like, mommy, it's not funny. I was going to say, I bet he didn't find the humor in that. (laughs) This is so funny. And I asked him to take a picture. And I was like, please take a picture. Like, take a picture. He's like, but I'm not happy. That's okay. Anyways, I think he had a hard time being sad because I was laughing so hard because we had cycled for 30 kilometers to get there and then we did go to the soccer field and it was so full of elk poo like the elk oh, kept no. taking, <laughs> the elk have taken over so there was so much elk poo so that was hilarious as well anyways we're having a good time and we fell and we when he fell asleep that night he, i really thanked him you know for coming on a bike ride with me because that just made me the happiest and i just love being out there on our bikes together and he said and he was like mommy i tried really hard I really, Aww. I really tried hard to bike there and make you happy. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's nice. So, I, I, yeah. You mentioned at the beginning just the yeah. uh, kind of the uh, just a bit of a, a higher level of anxiety with the kids. You know, like I know Sloan. Mm-hmm. Sloan last night she was having a really rough night, and I was I was in 
I was on the shit list. I was taking all the <laughs> the shit from her bad <laughs> moods. And uh and then um Chris went in to talk to her just to see what was going on and, and she said to her, like we try to talk to our kids pretty uh, you know, semi-openly, like, just like, hey, what's wrong? What are you feeling mm. right now? Like, what are your feelings right now? And and she had said that, I have actually I haven't even seen her this morning. I can't wait to go see her. But um, she said <laughs> that she was uh, feeling anxious because her, her, her and her mom had talked about anxiety like last week. Mm. And uh, she, yeah, she just kept waking up all night. She wasn't, she wasn't happy and calling for mom. And, you know, um, from, through, through my lens, I see our kids adapting really, really quite well, but I think that they're handle they're, they're still struggling. Like they're, yeah. you know, kids are going through crazy emotions. They can't see their friends. They can't go to school and see their friends. They can't, yeah. they can't run up to kids. We can't even go to a friggin' playground. They can't run up to those kids and say hello and introduce themselves anymore. Like they, we can't go to the cool restaurant, which is Dairy Queen. We can't go to the cool <laughs> restaurant for ice cream or French fries. Like we can't do all this stuff. And, you, you know they've only been on on the planet for five and seven years and what yeah. must what must they be thinking you know and yeah i think it's it's uh we need to pay attention to that more i do i need to pay attention to that more and be more sensitive to to the stuff that they're going through and and try to help them through that but kids are uh they're pretty amazing pretty amazing little adaptability machines right yeah yeah it's pretty yeah awesome. they they are but yeah zion has certainly been waking up every single night and you know, kind of needs us um, sleeping with him again, and um, and that's okay. We're pretty easygoing when it comes yeah. to that. Um, yeah, and I've had to relax on the kind of schoolwork side of things, but mm-hmm. I do it naturally enough, anyways. I think we've done enough kind of homeschooling that we definitely had to let go of the having a schedule of it. That's for sure. Yeah, yeah. Um, but you know, just kind of uh, kind of do what we can, and yeah, I really try to. Yeah, try to listen to him, and but my, uh, yeah, but I think, yeah, he goes definitely. He's he's sad, but on the other hand, he's pretty introverted. I think he, he's, um, he he's got this side where he's actually doing pretty thriving at home, just being with us. And you know, like the first day when all this happened, there was no school, and I, you know, sat him down and talked to him, and I was like, "This is, you know, what's happening in the world right now, and and mommy's going to be your best friend, and, <laughs> whether you like you know, it or you're, not. <laughs> and you're, yeah, and you're going to be my best friend, and we're going to just do what we can to make each other happy, and yeah, yeah, that's cool. So, so what do you think? <laughs> is that a good conversation? Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I think I got to go put uh, soccer. Get the get my soccer on. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry for the early wake up. You had mentioned <laughs> it was great. pretty early. I love early. Mornings. Oh, do you? Okay, good. good. Yeah, I'm usually yeah. up at six every day, so it wasn't that big of a stretch for me. <laughs> but thanks That's for uh, thanks for it was really good to see you again. We haven't seen each other for a really long time. And, I know. Uh, well, kind. Of, I guess we we called each other a couple weeks ago, but um, yeah. Well, we, I'm really excited, and we'll get the kids out camping together. That yeah, awesome. that'd be super fun. Yeah. Well, say hello to to Mike and Zion from me, and uh, stay well, you guys. Okay. Uh, thank you. All yeah. the love to your family yeah. as well, and thank to everybody you. in this community. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Have a good day. Bye. Bye. I haven't hung up yet. Here we go. No, me neither. <laughs> <laughs> I love you, Katrina. Take it easy. Love you too. Thank you. <laughs> Bye. Bye. 
I want to thank Katrina again for her time and thank all of you for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you want to reach out to me, you can. You can send me uh, an email at myback40podcast at gmail.com. You can send me feedback, guest suggestions, and voice memos. Maybe Joanne will have to send me another voice memo. Do that soon. Okay, Joanne? Thanks. (laughs) And uh, I wanted to still thank uh, Cycling 101, Rebound Cycle, uh, Joanne Maurice and Eric Ross for your support. Uh, there's also an anonymous donator in there as well. And uh, I look forward to bringing you more conversations in the future. So don't forget, you can support me in other ways. You can head on over onto the platform you listen to me on and you can give me a five-star rating and a review. and That'd be fantastic. So um, yeah, I hope everyone's doing well. Uh, looks like things are starting to open up again out there and um, uh, be safe. Uh, take care of yourself, wash your hands and uh, get out, be in mother nature. It's good for your mental health, okay? Take it easy. Keep the rubber side down, everybody. Bye.